You're tuned in to Locked on Irish, your go-to source for Notre Dame football and basketball analysis, breakdown news, whatever it is, your go-to source for daily Notre Dame content. Today's episode, we have an amazing conversation with you, breaking down some major takeaways, heading into the bye week, discussing a crucial injury along the offensive line, and then also the best and worst position groups against Boston College. Before we get into that, though, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts, former college football player. And Ryan is the director of scouting at uh, NFL Draft Bible, as well as an NFL Draft and college football analyst. Before we get into our, our discussion on today's show, I would like to address something that is extremely impactful to the Notre Dame community and a Notre Dame great, a former Heisman Trophy winner, as well as a, um, a Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, a fantastic player in the NFL, Paul Horning, passed away on Friday. We did not have the ability to react to that because we obviously recorded on Thursday. That came out on Friday. So while we are excited about the the Notre Dame victory, we would like to take a moment to you know expect our, express our condolences to the Horning family and, and recognize that um, you know the, the career and the life of a fantastic player that was a part of this this Notre Dame community. Yeah, and Paul Horning, I mean, his nickname was the Golden Boy for a reason, right? Heisman Trophy winner, option quarterback while at Notre Dame. Then he was a part of those Lombardi Packers teams in the backfield with Jim Taylor. Was an absolute incredible football player. He's in the Hall of Fame from the NFL level. Heisman Trophy winner, two-time Heisman finalist. What is there to be say about him? You know, he's a Notre Dame legend. Paul Horning is what most aspire to be for the longest time and still do. He is one of the legends, the absolute best to walk through Notre Dame. So the deepest, sincerest, you know, prayers and sympathies going out to the Horning family in, in this time of, of, you know, of just sadness and, and loss here. Uh, I feel terrible for, for his family and what they're going through at the moments, but I do want to remember and give the biggest homage to what was a living legend, not only for Notre Dame, not only for Green Bay Packers, but for the game of football in general. So, Ryan, let's get into this first topic that we want to bring up on today's show, one of importance because it is the bye week for Notre Dame, and there are some pretty important things that we would like to discuss. Heading into the bye week is always such a crucial time for any college program, especially having a bye week this late in the year, you've got three games left. You need to use this final time to not only rest up, get guys healthy, but also focus on that mentality. So if we're discussing some of the mental aspects of heading into this bye, using this week as the right time to transition into a very strong final three games, what do you think is the major takeaway the major thought that they need to focus on well I think that when talking about their offense specifically right because their offense has really hit strides the last few weeks they are playing great football bye weeks are designed like you said to rest up to 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 recover from what is a daunting schedule Notre Dame now has the chance with their because right now they are depending so much on young players on offense, talking about Kyron Williams, talking about Chris Tyree, talking about Michael Mayer. These are all freshman and sophomore 
athletes we're talking about. And they, and specifically, because this is really going to Kyron Williams, right? Because he has become the bell cow, the three down ball carrier. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Might have been a blessing in disguise for him to not play a ton in the second half this past game because we need him to really save some tread on that tire. We need him to be fresh and ready for this final stretch of games because we're coming up to three games, hopefully ACC championship game, hopefully playoffs. This is going to be a daunting end to the season. We don't want to see our young players, and that even goes on defense too. We'll go over to the Kyle Hamiltons of the world, our player, most important player on the back end. He's a true sophomore. These young kids that have not been put through this full gauntlet of games need the opportunity here to rest, to recover, and be ready and be and be able to perform at their highest level going down the stretch here. I think that this really presents a big opportunity for a young Notre Dame team in a lot of areas to rest up and be ready to go on what is going to be a very important stretch of games to end this season. And I think some fans might not really understand how important it is and how beneficial it is to have a bye week this late in the season. Typically, you'll have one more towards the middle of the year. I understand FBS has usually two bye weeks. We also had a a weird later start to the season than typical because of COVID. But when I played... A lot of the times, our bye weeks were before the the first half of the season. It was usually in that that week one to week six range. And every time that we had a bye that early, towards the end of the year, you really started to notice some fatigue and a lot of injuries popping up to key players or even just some really strong depth players. A lot of that wear and tear starts to ride on these guys. So having this late bye week helps you take a couple days off, allows you to use those days of being off to go over some mental reps, help guys get away from football a little bit and get anybody with any lingering issues into the treatment room to address just even the slightest little bits of dings and bruises. You want to stay 100% healthy. I think that this is the perfect time right now to hit this bye week with a, with three important games remaining throughout the year and using this, this very crucial spot to get prepared for that. And speaking of the final three games, Ryan, I really believe that they need to maintain the same mentality that they had coming into Boston College. And I I know that we were a little bit perplexed in our first week of doing the show when Brian Kelly talked about, we can't get too high for Clemson because next week we have Boston College. Well, f- frankly, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't hate to be to admit that I was a little bit wrong there. He he had a really good point. He had a good point that you can't get too high for that Clemson game and then count out the rest of these other games. These remaining games against UNC, Wake Forest, and Syracuse need to have the same level of importance for the remaining, uh, or the same level of importance as when they played Clemson and also as when they played Boston College or any of their other earlier opponents. They need to keep pushing forward and also treat it like they're playing in the ACC championship game every single one of these weeks without getting too high. Yeah, and I think it's another interesting layer too, Joe, is originally, right, we were going to have this bye week and then we were going to have the December 16th game off. But with that Wake Forest game getting postponed and getting rescheduled, now you're ending with a three-game slate into an ACC championship game. Usually, Notre Dame would have, right, like in a normal year, it obviously would be a little different with the teams were, were scheduled, right? But in theory, you would have bye week, couple games, 
bye week, one game, and then you have a layoff until the playoffs or a, a bowl game begins, right? But now we have that three-game stretch going right into the ACC championship game, going right into the college football playoff. There just isn't that built-in break anymore now being a part of the conference, having that game postponed. That's why this bye week is becoming even more crucial just from that, again, that rest and recovery perspective. And the mentality that you're talking about is, is equally as important to resting the body. This team needs to be prepared both mentally and physically for this daunting stretch. Notre Dame has been in this situation to a degree. Obviously, they've never been a part of the ACC officially for a season. But they have been in this stretch under Brian Kelly where they're looking to close out to, to you know capture a playoff berth. But this year is just a little bit different with that extra ACC championship game thrown in there. These are This is a, a tough, tough navigation of the final few weeks of the, of the season. It's equally as important not only to rest physically, but you also have the right mindset. Because you know as a former college athlete, right, how a coach mm-hmm. preaches it and how they prepare you for each and every week is almost as important as how you actually attack it physically. As long as your mind is in the right spot, usually the body can prevail. So there's one thing that I want to address to finish up this segment, something that I think maybe a lot of us weren't really considering, but right now Notre Dame sits at number two. They're going into the bye week. They have three more games left, and then the ACC championship game if they win out. I think we need to realize that Notre Dame, no matter what they do in these final three games, because they're not against ranked opponents and they also have a bye week right now, while other teams are probably going to be playing for these final four games, Notre Dame's not going to move any higher than this number two spot unless they beat Clemson again in the ACC championship game. And potentially they could also not move up if they beat Clemson a second time because then hypothetically Clemson is going to move from four down back a few spots. They're probably not going to slide too far, but a two-loss Clemson team is going to move out of contention for the college football playoff. But right now, if you just look at some of the teams around Notre Dame, just based on the fact that they're going to be playing likely ranked opponents and Notre Dame is not, it's usually when it comes to these rankings, what have you done for me lately, not what did you do early on, you'll see teams ride momentum from a big win into higher rankings. So Alabama, if they remain undefeated, which seems very likely based on how they're playing, I really don't see a way that they move out of that top spot. And then you have to be careful. Ohio State doesn't have a super strong schedule to close out. They do play Indiana. There's a, there's a chance that they could possibly hop Notre Dame if uh, you know if if they're playing a weaker opponent than Ohio State is. So th- those are some of the bits and pieces we need to consider that Notre Dame is likely locked into this two spot for for the remainder of the season. Well, yeah, and I, I think that – so I don't think – I think first and foremost that Alabama is going to go undefeated. They're going to be the SEC championship. And if they win the SEC championship and they are the champions of the top conference in all of college football, I don't see – too much of an opportunity for Notre Dame to possibly jump them. The only way I think Notre Dame does have a sliver of a chance of jumping is if Alabama goes to the SEC championship game. Well, if they lose in general, but if they go to the SEC championship game, maybe even win a close one, and then Notre Dame goes to the ACC championship game and they dominate Clemson. Like That would be the only world that I see that could have a potential and, and the only you know 
I, I just I just don't really think that there's an opportunity to jump. I don't think that Ohio State is going to have a chance to jump into number two just because I think that the limited schedule and the abbreviated schedule that they're playing, I don't think that there's – and the, the Big Ten just looks a little bit down right now. So I agree with you. I think they're locked into number two, which means – if everything shakes out the way we think it's going to shake out, would be a first-round matchup against Ohio State when the playoffs come around, which would be a very interesting matchup, an interesting conversation. But I would agree, unless something crazy happens, Notre Dame is probably locked into that number two spot. I, I just don't see, I don't see much wiggle room in the chance of overtaking Alabama unless Alabama takes a a. a a loss that we weren't anticipating and maybe even a little bit of a bad loss. Just looking at Alabama's remaining schedule, they don't play any crazy teams. Auburn is probably the best team that they play. Kentucky and Arkansas are the other two. But the big thing here is they're probably going to play Florida in the SEC championship game, just assuming that Florida wins out. Whoever ends up winning that ball game is seriously going to impact that number one spot. If Alabama beats a top five Florida team, they maintain that number one spot. But conversely, if Florida beats Alabama, I think that's another possibility for – I don't think Florida would jump Notre Dame into number one if they beat Alabama. So that's a that's an opening for Notre Dame to slide into one if they do end up winning the ACC championship game. So th- this ends up being a, a, a unique time for us to address this stuff, stuff that we probably wouldn't have time for on a regular week. But because it's the bye week, we might as well have a, a bit of an outlook – for the remainder of Notre Dame's schedule and where they could possibly sit in the college football playoff. Those rankings should be coming out very soon, so we'll actually have a clear-cut understanding of where Notre Dame sits and their potential to move in various spots. Coming up, we are going to provide our best and worst position groups from this game against Boston College. Before we do so, folks, I want to share a message uh, Share a message with you from our sponsor, Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you need to do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit that reset button when you want to get ready for what's next? I know that when I want to relax, sit down, and take a load off after a long week of work, I want to grab a Coors Light and relax and enjoy it. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's a crisp and refre- it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. And the perfect moment to unwind is when we're watching football and we're watching college football, especially Notre Dame. So next time you're watching Notre Dame and you're watching the Fighting Irish, make sure you grab a Coors Light because I know that Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ryan, as we did last week against Clemson, and as we're going to do every single Tuesday, we're going to provide our best and worst position groups so, Ryan, what was your best position group from this game? I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record at this point because I've just been talking <laughs> about them the last couple of weeks, man. But this offensive line, like I talked about it yesterday, they have to be the favorite for the Joe Moore Award right now. Five across, they're all going to have an opportunity to play at the next level. Again, I'm talking about Liam Eikenberg, Aaron Banks, Jared Patterson, 
uh, Tommy Kramer and Robert Hainsey, and even Josh Lugg got some play last week, um, this past week in the fourth quarter, who's a very talented offensive lineman in his own right. Notre Dame has historically been great with recruiting offensive line. They've been great with developing offensive line and going back to, you know, recent years of Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey, Aaron Taylor back in the day. There's been so many great offensive linemen come out of Notre Dame. This is no exception here. And when I'm looking at it and I'm saying, hey, and everybody always wants to really gravitate towards the quarterbacks, the skill position players. Ian Book's playing great. Kyron Williams is playing great. Ben Skoranek had a big game. Why is all that possible? It was all possible because the offensive line asserted their will on, the, on Boston College's defensive line. They presented Book with a ton of time to throw the football. You're making things very easy right now for those Notre Dame playmakers to continue to make those plays. And I'll, I give all the, I don't want to give all the credit. I will give a large f- portion of this credit to how dominant this offensive line has been. They are what we have begun. They are what we have imagined Notre Dame offensive line for the longest time now. This is another great one. I think they're the best in the entire country. And another great performance where we're talking about 200-plus rushing yards, six yards a carry. Buck was 20 out of 27 passing, very efficient. It was a dominant performance from those five men up front, and uh, they, they presented a ton of challenge for that Boston College defensive line and into the second level. And the offensive line has always been led by fantastic offensive line coaches. Harry Highstand, the uh, most recent one that had a fantastic run of linemen. You mentioned a bunch of them. He then went to the Chicago Bears. I'm not exactly sure where he is right now, but the current offensive line coach who took over for Highstead, Jeff Quinn, has done a fantastic job as well as keeping these guys so fundamentally sound. I think that's what really Notre Dame is going to ride through these final games of the season if they want to continue their offensive success. Ryan, I want to give my best position group to the defensive line and linebackers specifically for their effort against the run, only allowing 85 rushing yards forced Phil Jerkovic to have to throw the ball a ton in this game. And we found out he was playing with a separated shoulder. So when you have a guy that has a lingering injury, forcing him to throw the ball that much is not going to be comfortable. And we started him to, uh, we started to see him start to slow down towards the end of this football game. So the way that they played, they were aggressive up front they may have allowed a couple big big gains on first down here and there throughout the game, but a lot of those rushing plays, they came, they filled, they filled hard, and they prevented a ton of upfield penetration. Ryan, if you had to provide a worst, somebody who didn't do so good in this game, who would be your, your worst position group? Well, I 100% agree that I think the defensive line, in a run-stopping perspective, did a great job. They made Boston College very one-dimensional this past week. The linebackers, they were very aggressive with playing man-to-man coverage and and really creating a lot of uh, chaos in the backfield. But I really was, I don't want to say disappointed, but I would say uh, underwhelmed by the defensive end unit for Notre Dame. They only had one sack, only one recorded pressure. I felt like, and I, I really don't know about that statistic for the one recorded pressure because I, I felt like I saw, you know, Dracovic getting pressure quite a bit. But I didn't feel like Dalen Hayes, Adi Ogundiji, those guys that are the staple of the position, they're our seniors. They're the senior bowl watch list guys, right? Like, 
I didn't feel like I saw a ton of pressure winning one-on-one situations. And going down the stretch, when you play against a guy like Trevor Lawrence, potentially in the ACC championship game, you are probably not going to play a ton of man-to-man coverage against that young man. So what do you need to do? You need to create pressure in one-on-one situations. I'm not overly concerned because we have seen weeks where Adi and Dalen Hayes have looked great um, amongst the other defensive line. They have a talented defensive end group. I just felt like in this game specifically, and again, we're working to get a talented offensive line from Boston College, so there's some context to be considered. I just didn't feel like I saw the defensive end position in general against the pass create a, a ton of one-on-one um, opportunities and take advantage of them. So just want to see moving forward here, them be able to take advantage of those one-on-ones because we are definitely going to need them down the stretch. And I didn't really see them create a ton of, a ton of pressure against Boston College this past week. For me, it was super difficult to pick any position group because overall I thought that they played pretty cohesive. But again, if we had to pick someone, I do agree with that defensive end selection. The one thing that stood out to me and why they might have had one of the, the weaker games is in the on the instances that they did create pressure, they just didn't finish well enough. We saw a couple plays where everybody was freaking out about how Dracovic is so hard to tackle. He can work out of contact and still complete throws. They, everybody keeps calling him a, a Ben Roethlisberger clone, but that's on the defensive line. If you get to the quarterback, you need to wrap up. You need to make a play. You need to tackle. You can't allow a guy that is that big and that powerful to power through a tackle. You need to be very impactful in your hits. And the only sack in this game was from Sean Crawford, who is a defensive back. Now, I will say, and it's not every single defensive back similar to last week, there were some holes in the secondary early on that kept Boston College in it more than I think that they should have been. We saw a lot of plays across the middle. We saw some big chunk yardage picked up after Dracovic extended plays. They need to be on lockdown. A lot of the strong defensive performances are going to come because the secondary is playing well. And I know that just in terms of talent, their cornerbacks are not the best position group on this defense. The way that they played is not really going to cut it, in my opinion, finishing out this year and also playing against Clemson again if they make it to the ACC championship game. Coming up, we are going to discuss Jarrett Patterson's injury and how it affects Notre Dame's offensive line. But before we do so, Ryan has a message for you. If you follow us, you know we're a big fan of Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. They are now bringing us Built Go, which makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation of your life. Your golf bag to power through the back nine or put in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Belco combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system faster, plus it's easy on the stomach. Belco is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work, beta-alamine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine at the end. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong throughout the day. Collagen protein promotes 
joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while making you perform better. Visit BuiltGo. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. That's all capitals LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, all caps again, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Folks, if you aren't already, please go hit that subscribe button and also drop us a review if you enjoy the show so far. So the last thing that we want to wrap up today's show with is some unexpected news that dropped literally in the middle of our recording. This is coming from Brian Driscoll, starting center, junior starting center, Jarrett Patterson, who has been phenomenal this season, a guy that that Ryan has been a huge fan of as potentially being a top center prospect for next year's class, is going to be out for the remainder of the season after sustaining what appears to be a foot injury. This is coming from Brian Driscoll and his sources. Uh, He is of... um, Irish SI, the Sports Illustrated Notre Dame page. Go check that out if you want to read some more up on this. But he's going to have surgery, and that is going to effectively end the season. And Ryan, that is that is terrible news. That is devastating news and completely throwing us off because we were, uh, we were expecting to talk about how the soccer team makes it to the semifinal. We're going to end up talking about that on the Wednesday show. But losing Jared Patterson is devastating because arguably he is not only the most underrated player on this offensive line, but some might argue he's the best player on this offensive line. To lose the cohesive middle of your line, that is bad to hear going into the bye week. Well, in our NFL draft show, Believe in NFL Draft Prospects, I have been very vocal that I believe, and I, I'm not, I wasn't necessarily predicting that he would be in the 2021 NFL Draft class because he's only a redshirt sophomore of eligibility as far as football goes. But Jared Patterson might be the most talented center in all of college football. What are the two most important positions on the offensive line? Left tackle, center. Center is a key component of that offensive line. Calls at the line of scrimmage. They're right in the middle of the action every single play. Everyone talks about the quarterback, right, touching the ball every play. Center also touches the ball every play. It's literally how a play begins every single play. Um, So this is huge. And this is, you know, taking us obviously very off guard. We talked about the importance of a bye week. Well, <laughs> there's another importance, right? Breaking in a new center potentially, apparently. And it is, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's, I don't even know. I mean, I'm looking forward now to seeing where, who goes in. Because I think Zeke Corral, the sophomore uh, Richard Freshman was, on was the second on the depth chart if I remember correctly like are we doing that are we moving guys around there's gonna be so many questions now a very unsuspected blow here for the fighting Irish to get in this really nice offensive line so I guess we'll have to be seeing what the reshuffling is during this bye week but Jared Patterson is actually a huge loss for this team one of the best centers in all of college football the best well, I don't want to say the best, the most talented, in my opinion, uh, you know, 6'4 plus, 300 plus pounds in the middle of the defense. He's an imposing player at the center position. And anytime that you're breaking in a new center, there is going to be a little bit of a transitional period. So it's it's obviously a big loss and we'll have to see and uh, how they recover. But the one plus is like we talked about. Notre Dame consistently recruits the offensive line position about as anybody in all of college football. So We'll have to see just how 
easy, I don't want to say easy, <laughs> how, how well they are able to make this transition with losing such a great football player. Yeah, this is absolutely devastating to hear that Jared Patterson is not going to be available. And just taking a look at Zeke Corral, uh, he appears to be the most likely guy. Sophomore, six foot three, two ninety five. Only real experience that he has is going into games where Notre Dame clearly had a, a easy victory. Uh, played against South Florida as they won that game fifty two zero, and then last season he played against New Mexico, Bowling Green. Navy and Boston College so all of those those various things you know that's that's not really a lot of experience that you want from a guy that's going to be your starting center in very important games especially hypothetically in the college football playoff yeah and it's I mean it's just very difficult too because you're breaking them in now the last stretch of the season right like if this was an injury that occurred earlier in the year you'd feel a lot better at it but this is just such an important stretch of games for Notre Dame now, it's it's going to be a it's going to be tough. It's going to really test not only the mental you know mental side of this football team because this is this is debilitating for anybody to lose out on such a great player like Jared Patterson, but also you're throwing a sophomore redshirt freshman eligibility wise into the fire potentially. This is a sink or swim type of situation, man. It's not going to be easy for Z Corral if he is the guy that that ultimately does get the call, but. I would hope that with four experienced offensive linemen around you and experienced quarterback around you, that they would really take the the onus on themselves to make this as easy as possible of a transition for C. Corral. The I guess if we're taking any positives away from this, it is a very experienced offensive line outside of the center, so that is going to make things potentially a little easier for him. That is going to be it for us today on Locked on Irish. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our thoughts on Notre Dame football. If you enjoy the show so far, please go and hit that subscribe button. Drop us a review and share your thoughts on the show. Follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon for me, at Rise, the letter N draft for Ryan, and also at Locked on Irish to follow and stay up to date with everything you need to know about our show, which covers Notre Dame athletics. If you're looking for anything else to tune into, make sure you head on over to Locked On NBA. And tomorrow, we'll be hearing you'll be hearing from us again. And we have a wonderful interview with Brian Driscoll of Irish SI. So you'll get to hear his thoughts on a number of things, especially that Jarrett Patterson injury. See you tomorrow, folks.